Do yeah, you, I, do you need a report? Yeah, I would news to share with us too. Oh, uh, which which part? Which which there bit? Of, there, about her promotion, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, we 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 do have some tidbits. Uh, that all the strategies we put in place uh, over the past uh, five years have begun to really uh, bring fruit. Uh, we knew when we arrived that um, I had to right the ship, uh, and uh, we had. To, been t dealing with things that we needed to, to fix, uh, and we knew we had to make some hard decisions, and I had to hire the right people uh, in my cabinet to make those decisions. We knew we were facing a demographic challenge. We knew we had to right-size the ship, and we needed good data to give us where we wanted to go, which caused us to invest in certain niche majors. Uh, for example, our data showed that really the Ridge College of Intelligence Studies was booming, but to really make it boom, we needed to invest in cybersecurity. Right. That's why we were the first in the region to introduce a cyber program, uh, which is uh, huge. Actually, statistically, we enrolled our first undergrads last year. We had 63 cybersecurity majors. This year, we will have 145 wow. cyber students. Uh, we also invested in uh, other growth areas. We knew that the decline in associate degree programs, it's a national trend, even if you look at some of the community colleges regionally and nationally, which was why we finally made the call that we needed to consolidate the health programs here. But we also knew we needed to invest more in our master's programs, and we invested heavily in that. So a few years ago, we noted that our enrollments in summer uh, weren't as robust as we wanted and it was because most of our students aren't from the area and they wanted to take a Mercier's course. So we began in earnest three or four years ago to build out our uh, summer program so it could be all remote online if you will, which enabled us by the time this COVID-19 hit that we were ready uh, and uh, it, it's been a good strategy. But investing in the uh, master's programs, we have had in graduate enrollment a 47% increase this year alone. In fact, we've had to create in graduate programs. In graduate programs. Uh, in, in enrollment, enrollment in graduate programs, not 47% more graduate programs. Let me stop you a second just to make sure I've got the right yeah. things in my head. When you say this year, do you mean for the year just passed? The, the, year, the year coming. coming. The year okay. coming. For example, uh, we made a decision to take our organizational leadership uh, master's program and make it completely online. Uh, we streamlined it, we priced it competitively, and the growth has been exponential. Uh, so much so that we may even have to start uh, creating waiting lists. Um, it, and we've created new programs, the master's in nursing, which is also online. Uh, the Masters in Organizational Leadership also has a uh, Principal Certificate program, which is very, very popular. So uh, we have that, and uh, strategically we're, we're well situated because you know the ability to consolidate the Northeast programs here enables us not to have the expense of two campuses, which will make the programs more competitive, especially the health-related programs that will all be housed here. They're still at Northeast this year, but they'll all be moved here uh, next year. But uh, we do have a very interested party in purchasing the Northeast campus. Really? Uh, we do. <laughs> very, interested, uh, very interested, and it, it would be a, a boon for the Northeast community. 
Uh, it would be great for our region, and we're in negotiating with them now. They've had an offer. We're going back and forth. We're trying to work with some public-private partnerships. But Does their name include a five-letter acronym? I can't say. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say, but it, 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 I have to try, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. You're good. You're good. But no, it's it's we're, we're very excited about that. Uh, How likely does that feel? It's we're at the early stages, but I, there's 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 definite interest, and uh, I think we if we all work together, we'll probably get a good outcome. And you, you'll be the first to know when we. Well, how important is that for you on a, on a couple of levels? I'll explain what I'm asking. You know, one, because I know you want a good outcome for the, right. the community out there. Right. And, you know, secondly, to get out from underneath it with a reasonable return. I mean, and, and, and no one likes the appearance of something that doesn't work. Correct. And even if you successfully move everything here mm -hmm. and it works fantastic, as long as that sits empty out there, it's going to feel like. Uh, this was a failure. Correct. So how important to you in all those counts is this? It, it is very important for me, primarily for the Northeast community, to make sure that that community is whole and that they uh, have a good result. And we've been working hard towards this from the very beginning to make sure it's good for them. Also, of course, it's good for us because uh, although um, not utilizing the whole campus reduces our costs, there's still a carrying cost. To not have that campus would reduce that and allow us to further expand our, our uh, footprint on what we're doing in Erie uh, for the betterment of our community. Here's another interesting fact. So for the very first time in over a decade, our overall enrollment at Mercyhurst is growing. So this isn't just the freshman class. This is overall our enrollment is growing, which is really bucking the national trend. <clears throat> Talking about that trend, you know, what for for people for our readers who aren't familiar with what what's going on, can you sure. give me a real short capsule of Again, what the, I don't mean just your challenges, but the overall challenge. Overall challenges. Uh, take COVID out of it. COVID is a challenge for many schools right now, uh, but there's a demographic um, cliff looming in 2026. What occurred is <clears throat> a lot of young people who were graduated either from high school or uh, from college right into the Great Recession, mm -hmm. uh, moved home to mom and dad's basement. Uh, they were uh, gun-shy, they weren't getting jobs. So many of them postponed marriage. Some who are married, postponing children and family, which means that the 18 to 20-year-olds uh, by 2026 will see about an 18% decline. So all of us have to be prepared for that decline. So then you throw on top of that right now, COVID-19, parents are reluctant to send their, their students to school, especially for larger universities. Uh, they don't feel safe when it's a bigger crowd. So that's why I think Mercyhurst and schools like us have a, an advantage right now with COVID-19. But that that's what's the overall problem. So. Schools need to right-size themselves, and that's what Mercyhurst is doing, and, and schools, we've been preparing for this since the iteration of our last strategic plan, which we just finished. Um, okay, I got another one that I'll tell you. Okay. Um, with regard to cybersecurity, 
we will soon be announcing a sponsorship and partnership with one of the world's leading financial services companies that will create a unique cyber initiative that only Mercyhurst will have. And it is a world leading financial services corporation. Name you know. <clears throat> You'd know it, everyone would know it. But it's, it's unique, it, we can't announce it yet, but we're, it's Can you talk imminent. about what it will do for you though, in terms of, are they putting? Nah, I can't really, it, it, it's a program that is unique. Well, not, Debbie. No, 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 Way up. They, they, yeah. They're not ready we for the announcement. Announce, yeah. We have to do it together. But I guess what I can say broadly, but there, there will be a financial investment of some type yes. in university there, there, facilities. There, there will be a financial investment and it will be a niche program in the cyberspace uh, that will give our students opportunities that, but for this program, they would not have. And it will attract more students who want to come to avail themselves of this and parents. Why do you think things, it sounds like, I think what I hear you saying is you're turning the corner here. Yes. I mean, unless uh, we have turned the corner, in five years we were able to achieve what we needed to achieve. Uh, if we are able to continue classes in person for this uh, school year, we, we will see a significant return on investment. Uh, or what I've returned to normalcy. A return on investment or surpluses that we haven't seen in, again, a decade. But, there's a big caveat here. If we are forced by the governor to close, and we would not close on our own, we will keep our students safe, we will do everything we can, we believe it's safer for them to be here than out and about. But if we're forced to close, that, that could then reverse those financial gains but we feel confident we'll be able to weather the storm because we've been preparing for it. <clears throat> close as in no education or close as in online only? Online only. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we would never close close, but I mean, if you're forced to not have in-person classes. Well, let's talk about that a second. Sure. I mean, did it give you pause or maybe even a little alarm when you saw Edinburgh and state systems stepping it, well, I expected it in a, because we are all part of the same athletic conference <clears throat> and there were hints of that when we'd have our president's conference that that was something they were thinking. However, I read it, the Edinburgh uh, Slippery Rock is the preliminary discussions on consolidation of those two institutions. That's how I read that to go. I believe we've talked to students and students by and large and parents are basically um, ready to stampede the gates to get back on campus, even if it's uh, a very safe environment. Uh, do you want me to talk about how we're going to do our delivery of education in COVID-19? Sure. sure. <clears throat> well, first of all, we will be, uh, let me talk about the educational component. We have three ways we're going to be delivering uh, education for in-person. One will be uh, totally in-person normal classes, but these will be small classes, say classes of 10 to 12. Think quantum physics. Those will be in-person. The majority of the classes will be a blend, and here's how we'll do it. So most of our classrooms fit 30 people, 
So we've installed all through the summer the technology to do the following. So let's say it's a Tuesday, Thursday class. It's a political science 101. You're in group A, Debbie's in group B. Group A on Tuesday, the professor's in front of you, albeit everyone has a mask, he'll have on a face shield. Meanwhile, the technology will beam to Debbie's classroom across the hallway, synchronous, in, synchronous delivery. In a classroom. In a classroom. Just a classroom. It, just a different classroom, but it'll be delivered. That's the word, synchronous. It's synchronous. Yeah, yeah. It, it, synchronous so, is the album by the police, so don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it's a synchronous delivery. So that, and then on Thursday, you'll switch. But the, the technology will allow the people who are, quote, remote, even though it's across the hall, to ask questions and interact with the professor because that's the way it's a, it's a. So you just up the personal experience one day a week, you know, so each of them are getting that true right. time. And it's, it's, it's a Zoom platform. So what we also do is that, that so the lecture's live, but it's also saved on a, a technological platform we have which is called Blackboard. So if you want to go back and review the lecture, you can do that. Then if we're forced to go remote, all of that would be just as I described, but everyone would be remote. Let's say there's 20 in the class, 10 are in this side of the hall, 10 are on that side of the hall. Right. Of those 20, two of them are sick, not COVID sick, but just sick, mm -hmm. okay? And they're home, they're not in school. Can they check in? Live with the, with the instructor or only go to Blackboard? They could only do, do Blackboard if we're in person. Yes. Now, if we're not in person, then they could do it okay. either way. But that would still be a method for. Right. Because I think some people are going to probably be a little more cautious about going out, the, even if they're, if, if, even if they've got those gardens already cold. Well, and we're, uh, we're going to be quarantining for two weeks. So the students are coming in in waves. So if they're coming from a, a what we'll call a red state, a hot state, we're going to be taking those undergraduate students and we're going to be placing them in a quarantine situation at the Northeast campus. Uh, so they'll be fed and able to get out and exercise, but we want to make sure that all of our students are safe. We also have special quarantine areas here for any returning international students that we have. Uh, and that way we'll do that. Now, our, we have no athletic uh, intercollegiate play this year, but the teams will be practicing the teams will be tested with temperatures. We already did a test run of temperatures on campus where everyone was instructed to, as they drove onto campus in the morning from eight to nine, they had to go to a certain area, say who you are, temperature taken and record it. So we did that as a test run. We will only do the temperature taking like that if we have a case on campus. So we're taking a lot of precautions, a lot of distance learning. I'll give you an example during the freshman welcome week, instead of the usual um, activities in the Performing Arts Center, we will be having a movie and or lectures and comedians on the various athletic fields. So they're socially distanced, big screens, and it should be fun for them. Have you read about the 1918 flu and how they put kids outside, you know, put them in basically sleeping bags right. with hot right. rocks? <laughs> Well, are, that, no, I'm, I'm saying, saying are, are the props going to be encouraged yes, if the weather is yes, conducive to go outside? Indeed. In fact, for the first month, if we have hot rocks or no? no hot rocks. No we hot have, rocks. We have three dining spaces, or three dining rooms plus the Irish pub. We um, are actually going to have tents put up around the campus so that people can socially distance for the first month as an added precaution. 
uh, we're going to have takeout service only. There'll be a lot of variety, but takeout service only. So we've got a lot of things in place to try and mitigate any, any danger for the students and the faculty and the staff. Knowing what you've done to prepare, what's your level of nerves about Jesus is going to work? I think it will work, but I, I also believe that if the cases explode, there's a possibility we could be forced to go remote. And then remote will be fine because we don't anticipate a huge melt. Um, but we have various financial scenarios given what could or couldn't be. And the best financial scenario is people on campus. Yeah, but that, that, that would be a tremendous financial scenario. That would be very, very good for us. By the way, as a quick aside, it just kind of occurred to me, we're supposed to ask at some point all the colleges how, <clears throat> how they, they spent or what they ultimately did with their uh, what CARES Act money they got. Did you, did you end up with a particular plan for that money? Yeah, the money was basically given to the, we had to reimburse the room and board, and then this was used to offset uh, a portion of that. That's what we use it for. In fact, when I say it's good for us to be in person, it's not just good for us financially, it's good for the students, it's good for the learning experience, it's good for the psychological health of the students to interact with each other. Uh, it's, it's, it's really what a college education is about, that interaction. Um, we just think it's, it's healthy in general. I think everyone is fairly um, stir-crazy about being locked inside. Um, couple of other things on a more positive flight. I, I was very delighted we had the opportunity to launch the Innovation District and do the Secure Smart City project. Uh, I know a lot of the uh, cyber initiatives and cyber type programs that came to Erie are because of the launch of that Innovation District. I also, over the, over the years, part of it is I wanted to restore Mercyhurst brand and our our participation in the life of the city. And we did that in a couple of ways, not just the Innovation District, but um, we, of course, sponsored the fireworks, which was always associated with Mercyhurst. We, we really dearly love that. We also uh, got uh, $5 million in grants from the State Department of Education. So we partnered with the Erie School District first to do the Carpe Diem Academy, which is really an after-school educational program in the inner city of Erie providing meals as well as instruction, tutorials. And this year, we've got an additional grant to do something in the Northwestern um, School District as well, which is equally successful. So this is another way we're really giving back to the community and helping the neediest of the needy. We also um, launched uh, under uh, my administration uh, something called Beyond the Gates. And this is a, a four credit service um, program where for a credit, the students do various service projects throughout the city. Obviously this year it's curtailed because of COVID-19, but it was very successful. Thousands upon hours of service. Um, we also, uh, when I got here, the Mercyhurst Institutes for Arts and Culture, or MIAC, the acronym, it had really what I call lackluster shows. They were poorly attended. Uh, they were very mm, avant-garde and didn't appeal to the audience, that, which is eerie. So we launched a program uh, to reinvigorate it. We hired a new director, uh, Dr. Brett Johnson, 
we started a major fundraising campaign because my theory was if we bring in wonderful acts that appeal to the Erie region, people will come. So we had to raise the money to pay for the acts, and we brought in acts such as Kristen Chenoweth, um, uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, uh, Shirley McLean, and these ever since we redid this, they've been sellout, sellout crowds. Uh, you can't get the tickets unless you, you kind of wait to see if someone doesn't show up. But it's really another way to give back because now you not only have the Warner, you have uh, the D'Angelo Performing Arts Center, which has these wonderful shows that really give back to the Erie region. And we, we the cost price. Oh yeah, no, no. We we made it because of the plan of doing the, the the sponsors. We were able to reduce the ticket price. So, for example, Kristen Chenoweth, the the top ticket price was forty dollars. The next week, she was in Lansing, Michigan, and it was sixty six dollars, and that was just for the base ticket. So, we've been able to make it not only a gift to the region, but also you know something that's accessible that uh, appeals to people. Um, we've one of my favorites is we had a magician. His name was um, Mike. Uh, Super. Mike Super. Yes, this is his real name. And he uh, actually, uh, there was a small group beforehand of the sponsors, and he 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 punked me. He did a trick where he 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 had this thing, and he I don't know how he did it, but there was a, a paper clip, and he put it under something and he said, yeah, I want you to concentrate on your, your initial, concentrate on your initial, well, somehow under this thing. And he goes, come on, use your power. And he grabbed my hands, like, use your power. And, well, took it off and it, but it was an M. It was like, wow, that's great. He didn't even, didn't even know my name. Well, what I did then at the end, he wanted to do the final trick. And he, I said, no, 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 let someone else do this. He goes, oh, no, no, you have to do it. I was like, why? He goes, because here's your watch. <laughs> he take my watch up. That was that trick in it. Magician also a thief. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, but uh, I'm delighted with what I and my team have been able to accomplish here. Uh, all of the consumable amenities, that's the other thing when we go on a tour. When I got here, students like consumable amenities, which means things that they expect today. The very first thing I did is I uh, partnered with our food service provider, and we did a multi-million dollar renovation to our, quote, cafeteria, and made it into a food court uh, called the Grotto Commons. Then we built uh, Ryan Hall, and Ryan Hall is uh, uh, amazing. It, it is uh, 160,000 square foot residence hall with apartments that overlook the lake, by the way. It has a giant convenience store open till one in the morning with grab and go. Another restaurant, European small plate, uh, ballroom for entertaining. Uh, and then we added the Roost, which is the um, Irish pub, which is a big, big hit. Has the best Irish food in town, if I do say so myself. Partnered with John Melody, helped design it, and it's really spectacular. Um, so what we tried to do, and then we did the major athletic uh, complex re renovations. Uh, we, we halted the construction of the third field this summer for obvious reasons, but that will be completed hopefully by next summer. So we will have three large fields. I hear a lot of the things you did, and you know, there's, there's a lot of positivity that flows from them. 
I guess I'm kind of interested in what, in, in why you did them, and I'll, and I'll explain further. Sure. What you mentioned, I feel like we've righted the ship. What did you feel like needed writing? I'm not trying to cast aspersions on anyone before no, you. No, 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 no. But where Mercyhurst was when you arrived, what did you see as this isn't what's, th these are some things that aren't working. You know, maybe it's finance, maybe it says maybe. And you've already alluded to the associate degree program was maybe a little too heavy out in Northeast. And well, what are some of the other things that you saw sure. as this needs fixed? Well, First of all, there was a lot of deferred maintenance and the consumable amenities, again, the things that students expected, hadn't been attended to. And students want things like sport carts, food choices, uh, nice places to, to live, and that needed to be attended to. Also, the majors were not keeping up with the new niches. For example, cyber was a new niche. Uh, some in intelligence were really just wanted to stick with traditional intelligence, which is good, but you needed this new component, this new threat of cyber. So we needed to upgrade some niche majors. We invested more in healthcare majors. At the time, we only had an RN program. Now we go all the way to a master's in nursing. Um, Did you, I'm trying to think, the PA program, you added that? Yes, mm -hmm. that, that was in my first year. In addition, um, Mercier's, they, they, Really, the previous administration, they were, I give them applause for trying to do this. They were trying to lead us to be a, a more of a research institution. Unfortunately, in doing so, we had lost our way in that teaching is really what's foremost at Mercyhurst. Excellent professors teaching the students. So we needed to refocus ourselves back on teaching. Not that research isn't important, but to remember that that is what we do. So we knew we needed to refocus on that. So deferred maintenance needed to be fixed. The niche majors needed to be created for this era. Refocus back on uh, the students, the teaching experience, uh, and creating that Mercyhurst feel, because Mercyhurst, there was always something about it when you walked in. So even the first thing I did was the donation of the Carillon system. And then uh, adding the Hearst Day, which is the, the fall holiday, if you will, where we have a schools called off and it's a basically a, a festival for the day. We really uh, pumped up the Mass of the Holy Spirit to make it a, 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 an event for the fall. Uh, we created a homecoming experience that was different. We added you know, tents and it was eerie homecoming, like all the food that's served is all eerie traditional food from your pepperoni balls to everything. We added the marching band. We had a pep band before, we had a full-blown marching band. We started the bonfires for the night before homecoming. And so a lot of things to really reinvigorate the spirit of Mercyhurst. Giant Christmas tree lighting in December. Uh, I. I did things for the, we couldn't afford, one of my biggest disappointments is we couldn't afford, as we were riding the ship, to give as many raises as I would have liked. But what I could do, I did do. For example, uh, in the summertime, all the staff get half days on Fridays. I added extra holidays, paid holidays, to each major holiday, Labor Day, the 4th of July, Thanksgiving, etc. So things I could do, I would do to reward everyone here. Um, so, and all of this stuff helped to reinvigorate what I call the spirit of Mercyhurst, and, and it's, it's there now. Uh, the 
the deferred maintenance we're really tackling uh, for the past three years. Every year we do another side of the slate roof on this magnificent building that's almost 100 years old. Slate roofs are cheap. Oh yeah, real cheap. <laughs> although although when the student union I replaced the roof uh, last year with a simulated slate and it was much less expensive but it looks the same. Yeah, I've seen that used. It seems like a real smart, less yeah. brittle I'm guessing. Yes. Were the finances, fixing the finances a separate issue, or did you view that as, <clears throat> we fix these things that will it's, it's It's all, all related. One of the things we did, and by the way, we also uh, put in a multi-million dollar cyber center, which also, right. yeah, did that edit. Now, it, it was all part of our strategic plan in that we had to create niche majors, and what we did is we spent the money on enrollment enrollment consultants. We wanted data-driven decisions. We wanted to attract students, but we wanted to reverse the over-discounting, if you will, which we were able to do so. And to do that, you have to do mathematical modeling to make sure you get the exact spot, and we were able to do so. So it was promoting Mercyhurst, and we promote it. We have a brilliant marketing and public relations uh, folks who know all the social media aspects. They know how to really get the word out there and get it in the right positions. You mentioned the discounting. I know most all private schools, it's like, here's your sticker price, but here's what you yes. actually pay. Mm -hmm. Have you? I've reversed that. Uh, we, 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 I've increased the net tuition revenue per student, as opposed to, which means basically I've reduced the discounting. Not necessarily good news for students, but well, it's still it's still very reasonable. I mean, it very reasonable. Is the school's endowment where you want it to be? Or no, where, no. Where, you know, no. What's we, your five-year, ten-year? Well, the endowment, yeah. the endowments come primarily from uh, bequests. We just received a large bequest recently, uh, and they come from directing surpluses. So as we'll be able to create meaningful surpluses, you start directing those surpluses into the endowments. In addition, we have a tradition here of um, senior gifts. And they were wonderful gifts, you know, an anchor or a stage or something. But what I've, I started is the seniors do an endowed scholarship fund, which means that throughout their lifetimes, they can keep donating to this, and that's part of the endowment. So those are really the three ways you build the endowment. Um, but I, again, endowments are part of history. I mean, it, it, historically, women's colleges, which we were women's college until 1968, the endowments aren't as large as they are with, with traditional men's colleges. It's just the way time happened. Have you been able to grow yours during, during your, your time here? A little, not as much as I would like. A little. What, do you, what can you do about that? I mean, like I said. But any, any other plans? Or well, is there a well, specific campaign that you're looking at? Well, right now we're, we're, we're trying to formulate what we want to do. We want to finish the athletic campaign. And then when we're done with that, we're going to start formulating plans for the centennial campaign. And a big component part of that will be planned giving. And that's where you go out to your alums. And as part of their estate plan, you, you get them to commit to that. And that, that's another way you can build the endowments. But it's really diverting monies from surpluses. It's, you know, 
working with your alumni base primarily to do bequests, uh, and that's how you build it up. But I think if we have it as part of the centennial campaign, which, by the way, it's 2026, uh, we can uh, build that up. You talk about reversing things you know, financially to the point where you're looking at potential for surpluses this year. Can you give me a, a little bit more of a picture of like, I don't want to say how bad finances were when you got here, but where were they then and how has that changed? To, to what degree are things gotten well, well, better and subtle? I'm going to give a caveat. It, if we are forced to go remotely and uh, we are unable to, if there's too much melt, you don't necessarily have a surplus. We don't right. know. I got you. We don't know. But we were able to stabilize, right-size ourselves, get us back to basically what I call a, a break-even. Uh, and it, we had a significant financial issue when I arrived. It was even more significant than anyone realized once I and my team got into it. I, I started in August, and by Thanksgiving, we knew it was more significant than we had thought but we were able to fix that. And that, that was really what we set out to do. Was it an issue to the point that you feared for the, the future of the university? I mean, was it ever so no. bad or did you never see it? No, it was never that bad, but it was, it was bad enough that we, we knew we had to make hard decisions, including like consolidating the Northeast campus. We tried at first to market it, but the data was not in our favor because associate degree programs, and again, part of the problem with associate degree programs, unless they're in the medical field, you, you can get like an associate degree for, at the high school level because people are taking college courses there. And then so many of these associate degree programs now, you have to have a bachelor's degree. So for example, if you go to many of the um, uh, community colleges, the old long-standing ones, they have agreements with four-year colleges so that you can go to the community college and exactly. get your four-year. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's like, for example, your sports medicine, uh, for many years it was a bachelor's degree. Uh, in the next two years, it would come, you have to have a master's degree. A um, physical therapist used to be a master's degree, now it's a doctoral degree. Right. So everything's, the credentials are being pushed up and up and up. So. That's part of the trend. But we knew, we knew we had to make the hard decisions. We had to right size. Uh, we had to, you know, make some, you know, very difficult calls with uh, some, you know, furloughs, position elimination with the onset of COVID and the rapid consolidation. Uh, that's probably one of the hardest things I would have to do as a leader because, you know, not only is it harder for any leader, but when you're at a place like Mercyhurst where it's a family, it's, it's the mercy tradition, it's, it's, it's difficult. Is the staff smaller now than when you arrived? Yes. Yes, it is. Is that largely a Mercyhurst thing, or is that or not mercy, it's north, a, nor, a Northeast it's, issue? It's, it's, that... it's, it's, it's a large part of it is Northeast, but, but it, 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 it's overall, but a large part of that was Northeast. When you announced the Northeast decision, could be misremembering this, but was the message everybody's got a job downtown? It wasn't. I don't it wasn't everybody. It was we were going to attempt to have it, okay. but when you have a rapid consolidation, and on top of the COVID situation, uh, we had we had to reimburse millions and millions of dollars in room and board. 
So you kind of have to, again, if we're not here, we don't have a mission. We have to make sure that we're healthy. And, and that's what I've been able to do is make sure we're healthy. When you look at the five years you've been here, um, you know, sort of assess for me, it's like, do you feel you've been mostly successful in what you set out to do? And second question, is there an area of disappointment? I mean, again, COVID's everyone's yeah, disappointment, no. so we'll set that aside a little bit. Um, you know, to what degree do you feel like you've done what you'd hoped to do, and where have, have, have you come up shorter than you'd like? I, I believe I've done the super majority of what I set out to do. I've restored Mercier's brand, its reputation. Our enrollments are, again, uh, where they haven't been in over a decade and growing. Uh, we're looking at potential uh, surpluses that we will be able to reinvest in ourselves more, more readily. I've raised a great deal of money. We've rebuilt things. I've really tackled deferred maintenance. Um, we've re-engaged the Erie community. Uh, so by and large, I think my administration has been very successful. I have an amazing team. Again, I'll, I'll go back to my disappointment really has been um, to make some of these changes and measures, it resulted in job losses, and that was a, it's personally painful for me when I have to do that. Um, also, because of the way we had to, to fix and right the ship, I haven't been able to give raises as often as I would have liked, and I, I hope to remedy that. But those are my bigger disappointments. Other than that, I've really enjoyed being here. It's been a wonderful experience. Um, great to come home, great to be able to do something with a school you love. My, my brother's an alumni here, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, he was on the board for many years. My father was a president's associate, um, and uh, I of course was the dean of business here uh, prior to becoming the president of Lake Erie, so I learned to love the place, but I, I know what faculty members go through. I did it, I had 60 advisees, I taught overloads, so I, I'm really empathetic to the faculty and staff. Now, how old of a man are you? I'm 59. So I asked that with a window toward the future, with a look toward the future. Uh, you know, how long do you see yourself here for a few more years? Do you have? I, I, I do, uh, I do, unless uh, something. Uh, yeah, I, my whole thing is giving back. My personal mantra was to change the world one student at a time. And I know I've been able to do that. And I always look for opportunities to give back. But I'm very proud that I was able to do what I've been able to do. Uh, is now we're entering my sixth year. Um, and uh, so, so time will tell. We shall see. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be here as long as I, I'm able to do so. But I always want to find ways to give back. Um, are you looking at, I mean, would you entertain other offers? I mean, it seems like oh, it's become no. a very itinerant position. I don't mean this. Yeah, school. no. I, I mean, I, I, Mercier's, but, you know, look at the state system, how often those jobs seem to change. Those jobs change quite often. I, I you know, I'm here to stay, and Erie is my hometown, uh, unless there was some opportunity to do something really meaningful. But right now, my meaningful is here. My meaningful is doing all I can for Mercier's faculty, staff, students, uh, especially our students. You know, go back to change the world one student at a time. I, I always tell, well, not, this is a new story, but 
when I was a dean of business here, I taught the capstone course. And the capstone course, um, what I would do is they had to write a case study analysis or business plan, if you will, for charities in Erie. So I would go out prior to the, the, that semester, it was always a final semester course for the seniors, and I'd approach the charities and we'd do the work for them, and I'd divide them into groups of 10, and then I'd always pick a group leader. And uh, this one young man uh, back in 2006, uh, he thought of himself as shy, he was athletic, and, but he just he didn't think of himself, and I saw him as a natural born leader, and I told him so, and I made him the group leader. And you know, he, he was one of my advisees, and I talked to him a lot about it, and he really blossomed through this. And this is, again, 2006. So this past spring, uh, I was uh, here, it was early spring, um, not this spring, but spring before, yeah, like last year, back when things were normal. And uh, I got an email from him. I hadn't heard from him since 2006. And he said, you know, how much my belief in him had transformed his life and how much it had meant to him. And he, he said, I'd love to have lunch with you. And I emailed him, I said, sure, I'll have my assistant contact me at lunch. So, because um, I remembered him well, and my assistant came in, she said, Michael, do you know where he lives? I said, no. She said, he lives in Orange County, California. I said, he wants to come and have lunch with me from California? She said, yes. So I said, okay, that'd be great. <laughs> so then I, I went to our folks up in um, uh, Institutional Advancement. I said, would you, would you tell me what he's doing now? <laughs> he had just sold his second company for $100 million in cash. So, well, no, because the email said he wanted to do anything he could to help me in the university, uh, and so he came back and he said he wanted to help me. So we had dinner in the president's dining room. We both kind of got a little choked up, and I asked him if he would like to be the youngest member of the board of trustees in the history of the university, and he said yes. And then I was told him that we were doing a renovation of the main floor of the library, which I need to show you that, too, which included the Ridge Archives. And uh, I said, you know, we're nearly a million dollars short. Two days later, we were no longer a million dollars short. Sorry. So he he gave the money, but he didn't want to be acknowledged. We're going to leave the library after. Yeah. We'll go to the library. We're the cyber center. And so, yeah, he's, so I know I've changed the world one student at a time. I know I've been very impactful here. I know uh, I feel deeply, I respect the faculty here. I believe they respect me because they know I was one of them. I respect the staff here deeply. Uh, you know, and the students are like my family. Um, I, Still do. Still does. 
you still put you put all those skills together, and it, it just gives you talk about niche. And, and, and I, I also, I also have the a unique perspective. I'm very much a strategist, and I can see the forest through the trees. I can see how all these parts and pieces fit together to give this result, um, and that's really, I think, the strength I bring to an institution like this. Plus, I like people. I like engaging with people. Do you have much interaction with the other college presidents around? Uh, occasionally, occasionally, but you know, it, it's it's a really competitive environment. So sure, I, I, yeah. I was saying, I can imagine yeah. that it is. I mean, I mean we well, we're uh, Dr. Taylor and I are on the same athletic conference presidents group. There's been uh, some community initiatives, I think, that all of you have. Yes, we 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 are part of the. I've seen you. Yeah. Chancellor Ford. Yeah, and it, it's through the ECRA as a sponsorship with the Beehive, and in fact, uh, we're creating our Beehive now. It's we're supposed to be finished by now because it's supposed to be located right next to the Cyber Center, but it's it's been delayed. But it's a Beehive initiative. We cooperated on that, um, and there are a lot of other things at various other levels that we do. But you know, it, we're all part of it. I always say, you know, having lived in Erie now close to 40 years, Erie still sometimes thinks we're a town of forges and steel and things, but we're really, uh, we have that, and we need that, but we're really a town of uh, meds and eds. I mean, you've got some major universities here, you've got uh, the hospital systems, the medical school, that hospital system, it's a, it's a very unique, I can't imagine what Erie would be like if the universities weren't here. I mean all the professors and people who live in all these houses and buy all these goods and all the students who come in and out, the traveling teams, uh, it's just it's a huge economic impact. Speaking of universities, um, what are your thoughts on the, the advanced motion for the uh, community college? Are you positive on that? Do you have doubts about that? We, we are really going to help them in any way we possibly can. Uh, we, we, we would share statistics with them. We hope that they avail themselves to put, uh, you know, members from Gannon, Mercy, or Barron on their board so they get some insight in this. But we uh, have had, uh, you know, our experiences with Northeast and we can share with them the do's and the don'ts of that. Does that worry you for them, the, what you know about the trouble and the challenge it, it, with associate it, degree programs? It, it, it does because I think they need to do a lot of partnering with the universities for the associate to baccalaureate. So it will make it an affordable option for the students to go and get the associate degree at the community college and then go on to get a baccalaureate. But again, we would share the statistics with them. But we think it's going to be a great community asset. I'm uh, anxious to see where they may put it. Uh, hopefully it's accessible for those who need it most. Um, yeah. You sound a little bit more positive on it than I've heard from some others. I'm positive that it will be a community asset, but I, I just hope that they avail themselves to the rich talent from the universities who understand this, this particular animal. And even really, I would say, hopefully they're calling upon the expertise of some of the others, like from Lakeland Community College, JCC, who know our regional market, Butler Community College, kind of, so they get a handle on you know doing it right. 
Yeah. They, have, they have a chance to do this right, and if they do it right, it will be a tremendous asset to the community. So, before we wrap up here and take a walk, I mean, you're feeling pretty COVID aside, and, was, and I, I get that yeah. caveat. I really do. It really makes a huge difference. It does. I mean, if, if this were not a COVID year, I would say what we set out to do five years ago, we have succeeded. But with the COVID caveat, that could all be blown up in a nanosecond. But we are confident after running all the scenarios that even with we go remote, we will still be uh, stable. But time will tell. Well, I suppose it's remarkable enough to be getting where you wanted to be given the fact that this past school year was a setback. It, it was. I mean, we, it was, we had, I don't know any school that didn't lose a tremendous amount of money because there was no way not to when you have all these reimbursements, which by, of course you should. I mean, that's the right thing to do. They're not here eating and living, so why wouldn't you have to reimburse them? Do, do either of you know a rough enrollment figure for the fall? Uh, it continues to grow, but it's, it's, it's large. It's, it's very large. So I don't have the exact. We have a vice president enrollment guards it. Like a, a, but it's, so it's, 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 it's very good. It's very, very good. And I guess at least, and, and to make sure I understand what you said, you're not saying it's better than five years ago, but you reversed the trend, is that correct? No, what I'm saying is this is the first time we've seen meaningful enrollment growth in over a decade. We, so we always talk about freshman classes, right, and how much they've grown. We're talking about the total enrollment, which would include the 47% Graduate, and it also includes the retention, the kids who are coming back and not leaving. So overall enrollment is there. Are, are we at the levels we were a decade and overall? No, but we're seeing positive enrollment growth for the first time in a decade. And again, that was a different demographic. Eyeing any other new programs you can mention or any uh, other areas you might want to get into? Well, again, we're um, really uh, doing some renaming of some programs. Like our forensic anthropology will be known more as forensics. It's the same program, but it's more focused on that, and that's uh, something the students are really. Um, they, they, they get it. They watch those those television shows, sure. and they think that that's what they want to do. Has your total number of majors expanded or, or, or shrunk? It's remained relatively the same, but they're not the same majors. They're some of them are repackaged, reconstituted. You have, you have to constantly research what's a new trend. Um, and again, our cyber program is true cyber, true cyber security. It's not cyber gaming. It's not. It is all about, you know, protecting yourself from cyber, mitigating cyber when someone is hacked. It's uh, our professors are brilliant. That's well, a good enrollment for you. Yeah, it is. And well, in, in our intelligence studies, we're getting some really amazingly new, talented uh, professors in. Uh, our professor in forensics, uh, she's from Spain, and. Uh, She's not only an MD, she's a PhD in... Um, in what? Dr. Dentistry. Yeah, a doctor of dentistry. Uh, so she's 
forensics, but she was called to New York City to help during the height pandemic. So, which is I would have told you on that. She had to sign an agreement. You're right. She wouldn't talk about it. Huh. Debbie, I want to make sure that the library is open, so I'll have to take my thing. Shall we? I need to do a portrait, then video, and then a few minutes to pack up and we can go over there. But first, I have a sports question. Sure. How are the Mets going to win this sit? No. <laughs> They're not. There's no baseball season if you hadn't heard. Um, a sports question that could be related to your finances. Division one sports right. are very expensive. Mm -hmm. Your hockey program is a, has always been a smaller program comparatively. And you know, arguably it hasn't been hugely successful female since Megan Augusta mm -hmm. when you made the Frozen Four. I don't know when the men really the, went. The deep. female the female team is more successful yes. than the male team. Division one sports are wicked expensive. Correct. How did you make the decision to stay with D one hockey? We are staying with D1 hockey because there would be Title IX ramifications were we eliminated. I'm sorry, because there would be Title IX ramifications if we were to eliminate it. Um, so we're sticking with it uh, for the moment. We also just recently, as part of the athletic uh, campaign, renovated the entire ice arena. It's brand new ice, it's all. So we're hoping that that will attract. Uh, more talented people when we're actually able to have a season. We actually are opening the ice arena for um, the um, junior hockey. The, of course, there'll be social distancing. Parents can't come in, but they, but the teams can go. Before you make the decisions for the renovations, which are beautiful, by the way, did you think about possibly dropping both men and women? We and we analyze all athletics teams just like we have. We analyze all of our programs, we analyze all of our teams, and we came to the decision that it, it just wouldn't be financially feasible to do so at that time. Um, and, uh, well, I think they're, they're, they're glad we decided to continue with it. So. But, and it also, frankly, when you're playing in some of these major tournaments and people learn about Mercy Hurst, uh, you can't buy that type of advertising. When we were in the Elite Eight in basketball and in baseball, it was it's it's on national television. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. worth something. Yeah, it's really worth something. So, okay, Michael, looking right at me, right down the gun barrel, and I'll do cool portrait options. Great, just like that. Soft smile, hold that, and again. <laughs>